Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be with you on this marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can always find our live programs and our archived episodes. You can always go to blogtalkusa.com. You can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. And you can also find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Radio, Pretty much any place you can find podcasts, you can find Blog Talk USA, and you can find Marvelous Monday under that banner. And I think Dr. McKellar will be with us shortly. I know Dr. Hackney is finally back with us. Welcome, Dr. Hackney. Hello, guys. Hello, team. Hello. <laughs> it was a, it was a really... blessing to hear the blessing, hear the voices, blessing to be hear the team, be on the team. Couldn't wait until this oh. Monday night. We're so happy that you're back and happy that you're doing well. And I'm sure you've got to have some updates for us at this point. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> ready for me to give them to you? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, these. You know, we can call them updates, but I think it's something I've been saying now almost uh, three years. And, of yeah. course, my update's always been on, on COVID. And, uh, and, and it's staying true to uh, early and, and diagnosis and earlier reason why we formed the task force. Uh, it has not gone away. Um, um, so those precautions, uh, safe distancing hands, safe distances, and get vaccinated. They, uh, about three years now we've been talking about that. But the results of, uh, as far as individual falling through has been very low and uh, inconsistent, and that's one reason why we still, but we always kept COVID hadn't gone anywhere. That's why it's still surviving. And what uh, only point I want to just make is I always said I, our healthcare da- uh, data in America has a lot of gaps and need a lot of improvement. I think I've just re- reported to this past week there was something like uh, 160,000 plus individuals that was missed or not counted as COVID. Uh, that mm-hmm. just confirmed the need for us to look at our data. Uh, and also to look at all of the data and as high as being reported, and include everybody in there. So it just that was just doc, that was just document that our data, uh, what I say basically is not accurate. Uh, it just need a lot, there are a lot of gaps in there. There's a lot of improvement uh, need to be made. Hopefully we will do that, um, but we have got to keep saying it. Uh, so that's my update. Uh, COVID is still the same as it's still going strong. Uh, and we, until we understand what we need to start doing, what we, we'll do, it, we'll we'll it'll be here for a while. And of course, coming off the holidays and uh, vacations and all the family gatherings, oh, uh, this is where we've seen this happen. It's going to care. So keep praying for everybody and just the, just the basic things. 
you know, wash your hands, safe distances, and get vaccinated. It's recently just been documented that vaccines are very effective, so they're only effective if you, if you receive the vaccine. So that's where we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for that. And our host, Dr. Shirley McKellar, is with us. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, oh, my goodness, that voice that I just heard I know. was amazing. <laughs> Welcome yes. home, Dr. Hadley. Oh, hi, my how goodness. You, how are you doing? It, it is a, I, am doing, I am doing better now that I can hear your voice on Marvelous Monday. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been monitoring your, your cowboy hats and all the yeah. <laughs> 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 We're on the move, Dr. Hadley. I'm so proud of you. You got us on the move. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I was in, okay. in down, going going downtown Tyler, down Broadway, as you would know. And there's uh-huh. a long distance on Broadway. You're not supposed to make a left turn, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so I was rushing <laughs> to a meeting. <laughs> I made this <laughs> left turn. <laughs> oh, your, no. One of your, one of your, one of your finest. You should be proud of He must have been right behind <laughs> But I just want to say publicly, you know, uh, how, we, how um, you know, we are blessed with the officers and staff. And yes, I told him it was all because you were on city council and why he was being <laughs> But it, he, he, was, he was very good, very nice, very courteous and everything. Wonderful, wonderful. We, we, have, so some, should, we have some amazing people that serve on yes. with the um, department of the police. And we, yes, thank, the, yes. we thank our um, our chief, our police chief, Toler, for doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes. Thank you, and, and I and I'll I'll pass that on, Doctor Hadney. Yeah, during <laughs> during certain hours of the day, you can't make that turn. <laughs> That's right. So at any rate, very 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 good. Well, we're just we're just so delighted, Doctor Hadney, to have you back on. We missed you so very much, and and uh, just you sound amazing. And so we know that now we're going to get all the updates that we need. Because we know that COVID is with us, and I believe it's going to stay with us, right? I think it's going to be kind of like the flu, right? Yes. It's, it's, I saw this yes. past today. The flu, Texas one of the major states with the flu. Uh, Texas, yes. I think, uh, maybe uh, New Mexico or whatever like that. But it's just consistent. You know, we, we talked about, you know, the safe, the safe procedures, as you know, the washing of hands, safe distances. And, of course, COVID gets vaccinated. Documented vaccinations work, but they only work if you receive them. So. We, that's where we are, and just hopefully, you know, we can do more in, in, in education and just, just follow up with recommended procedures. Yes, sir. Very good. Very good. Well, we're just so thankful that to have you back on with us, and we missed you so much, and I can't tell you how much. And the, the team always asks about you every week and everything, so it's just great to hear your voice. You just sound amazing. Nope. So we, we we got a lot going on. We know that there's tons going on in, in the country. I don't know if Ms. Rihanna, if you have brought in everybody, if Mr. Arthur is on. and if uh, Mr. Pastor Arthur is, is on. on. Okay. Not Hello, yet. Mr. Pastor. Arthur. Pastor. And how about Dr. Uh, Dr. Dr. Carr? Okay. We're, we're doing great. He'll be on in 15 you? minutes. I'm sorry. In 15 minutes. Okay. Good deal. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Arthur, can you bring us up to date on what's going on in your area? Well, how you doing, Dr. Hackett? Oh, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. I, um, hands of a good team. God bless them. And I tell you, 
it's great to hear you guys' voice. And I, I couldn't. I saw whether you're building a brand new hospital in your area, so I can't wait about that to talk about that hospital. <laughs> well, I, I should I should have read the paper because I wanted to see Zach were in Dallas like, building the hospital. It was the front line of the Dallas um, newspaper this past week. I failed to get a copy, but I was going to ask you about the location of it. And, and uh, well, I mean, is it a private hospital or is it what? Well, I think it's private. You know, it has to be. I apologize for not getting that article, but I'll I'll pull that up. It's a you no, know, it's, it's a private hospital. It's very expensive. Oh, okay. Well, that's what we're talking about. It's good county. Dallas, so I'll, I'll follow up with, uh, you know, exactly where it's located. Well, it's good to have you back. It was good to have you back, brother. Uh, you know, I was telling somebody, and I just want to ask you about that since, since we got you back. Now, the last time I remember, because I'm, fern- I'm fernaled out, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, hmm. last time I remember like this where I was fernaled out was when, you know, we found out later on that COVID was up in here. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I was asking man, I said, hey, y'all, I said, I said, now, is it just a whole bunch of mountain folks I know dying? Is this, no, nah, no, nah, that's, that's fair for us. Now, the last time this happened, you know, you know, and then we found out COVID actually started, like, back in, like, July, mm-hmm. summertime or something. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you noticed uh, that yourself or, or uh, you know, and is it is this something that they ain't telling us again? Or, I mean, uh, I mean so what is well, well, I'll tell you the whole the data. I tell people the data, healthcare data in America is, is, uh, has gaps. I'm not going to say it's completely wrong, but it has gaps. This past week, uh, within the last week, they reported that they have miscounted somewhere like 160,000 COVID deaths. Okay. There are different reasons why. There are reasons. That's sort of answering your discussion. Uh, uh, misdiagnosed, or didn't want to diagnose, or missing certain individuals but you know I, I was in a group the other day when you look at our health health data i tell the groups that the millions of dollars that's been in that's been spent in health care all the new mm-hmm. hospitals and all the schools and everything if you pull up the annual the reports from university of texas Healthcare in northeast texas in 1916 21 and now look who's at the bottom is no is no excuse for the amount of money that's been. But the reason I'm concluding the reason why is that individuals who need to be included in healthcare are not included. Those are people who look like us. But when you do the overall report, then we are included. So if you you could break it back down, who receiving the care and who's not receiving the care, uh, who not involved to a certain extent, they're missing the individuals. Uh, I would say that a rule in the rural areas where they're not they're not these individuals are not brought into the program and treated earlier, but when you do this, when you do the stats on the area, you're going to include them, and that's why stats look so bad. If you look at the stats, uh, they're unacceptable. I told somebody it's unacceptable that a black male has twice the chance of dying of prostate cancer in these United States. They go on, we're seeing this with the infantile, we're seeing this with the mental health. Well, I'm going to be frank and honest with you. We've concluded that because the individual have not going into the particular rural rural communities and also other communities of color, they don't they they have problems going in there. They, they really they need our help. Let me put it that way. I'm not gonna say they don't hire whatever. They just need our help. That's mean in the area urban area, uh, and also the rural area communities of color. The in the group across the board need our help. And we're seeing that with our health with our task our church task force, our church hubs. 
I tell everybody, trust in America is not in the political system, is not in the universities, is in the black church, black pastor. Now, I know we have to work with some programs there, but to reach the community, to reach the, the individual who need treatment, who left out all the studies and everything, uh, you can reach them by re-including the black church and going into the community and making sure that high individuals are in all the data. When, they, when you see a data being reported, if they don't break it down to the demographics of that data, then that data is not accurate. They're leaving us out. That, that's sort of a long answer to your earlier question, why we begin to see us showing or not showing, because we're not included in that, and sometimes in doubt, and sometimes even in treatment, we're left out. They need so you, a uh, – well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so, so you're saying that so you're saying that that it could be something happening and they just ain't telling us that we're just not – they're just not – not if you're not included in that, they can't. They, they can't. It's not accurate. So whatever, whatever, whatever study you're doing, whether it be hypertension, prostate cancer, and all those, and, and discussion of cancers. Now they're talking about cancer increases, seeing a lot in stomach cancer. They need to break that out. Sure, is a cure is occurring in young individuals, but what young individual are they? Black, white, Hispanic, or whatever. All that they don't don't just give general statements. For example, like everybody they're talking about now, the increase of uh, 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 stomach cancer, younger ages. But who are you talking about? Break it out. Mm-hmm. You know, tell the complete story. And I'm, I'm just going to say uh, when we have opportunities to to educate our community, uh, for, for example, what happened with the uh, Secretary of Defense mm-hmm. and also with Martin Luther King, I think, and one of his sons died of prostate cancer. This this is a this is a golden time to educate our community being being aware of PSA tests and why you need to get tested earlier. It's going to be true with uh, gastric cancer. They were saying now you can the age is down to 45. Everybody 45 and above, you should try to diagnose uh, a stomach stomach cancer. Same way with uh, I told someone the other day, the American male, every African American male above 40 40 years of age should have a PSA test. If you're a physician, if you see a physician, you go in the area where they don't do a PSA test. If you haven't had a PSA test, you need to get one done. And this is what the information, this is why it's so important. Well, the information about our Secretary of Defense, that the whole nation should be aware about prostate cancer, particularly black males. And Martin Luther King, so I think it was his son. Now, also, the Secretary of Defense is back in the house, back in hospital. He went back in Sunday. So that's yes, a whole sir. story about information, how we need to approach information, how we need to educate our community. I say, again, the way to reach our community, we have documented it, is through your black mm-hmm. church. It, it, that, that's sort of, when you think about our history, everything in this country is started through our black church. Education, mm-hmm. health care, you name it. So we have sort of gotten a way of including the black church to reach our community. Obesity, uh, food, nutrition, all those programs uh, that we're working with, mental health programs we're working with, uh, and also in agricultural weight, fresh food program. All those programs, you can go through the black church to reach the community. I just saw, they just sent me a report the other day about our seniors in America have been left behind. Left behind. So when you say seniors, break those seniors down. How many blacks on all, uh, it breaks ages down, break, well, break the race down. But it has been documented that uh, we have we have sort of left our things behind. 
And that's impacting the loneliness, isolation, driving into mental health, all of the issues. But we need mm-hmm. to look at the whole community. And our churches know the community. I, You know, for example, I'll just go mention Tenahoe, just one of the churches, all the churches. They have they have health ministries inside Tenahoe. You know, and, and they know everything about all their members. I don't know how many members Dr. McKellar can mention, but they have a health ministry. This is where we're developing now. Health ministry in most of the black churches that would do it. We we are blessed with healthcare people sitting inside churches. There are nurses, there are doctors, there are pharmacists, there are mm-hmm. physical therapists sitting inside black churches right now that could be mm-hmm. part of a health care ministry that would help make a- attract the data that you're talking about. And I, just, I keep using, I just keep mentioning Tenderhawk because they're one of, one of our models that they, they have it down. So for example, they yeah. even have an emergency team, CMS team on each okay. Sunday to sign CMS. CMS, EMS. So I would say, average church, if you have a emergency in your church on a Sunday, if you're not organized, it's going to be a little disorganized. But when you That's have right. a health ministry like Ten Hall, you have people who are just assigned, trained to do do to EMS, all that. But that's that's what we have to do, and and that was answer your question. We we cannot line up the system. Okay, well, we, we got to take care of ourselves. We can't depend on somebody else telling us what we're sick or what we need to do. We need to get organized through our resources, uh, whatever they are, the churches, to inform ourselves. Okay. And, 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 when, and when Dr. Uh, – may I inject, uh, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Arthur, when, when Dr. Hagney says Tenahaw, he's talking about the North Tenahaw Street Church of Christ and our health care ministry, uh, who was the leading uh, – ministry for um, COVID, setting up how we could set up our COVID clinics uh, here in our city and across uh, Smith County. So I I just wanted, just in case there were some listeners or even you did not really know who he was talking about when he said, uh, because he he abbreviates by saying Tenaha, it it is the North Tenaha Street Church of Christ. Thank you. Well, before I get my my doubts report, I'm just going to make a suggestion on the on the mental health piece, I, I think that I think that that uh, racism, which is a which is a which is a mental health issue, you know, next mm-hmm. level. I think that that need to be highlighted when mm-hmm. when black folks are being offered mental health help because because mm-hmm. a lot of their uh, 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 dynamics that come from that comes from the fact that they operate in this system. And over time, mm-hmm. it gets you. You either got to succumb to it, become part of it or whatever, and, you know, and just mess up other parts of life. So I, I, would, like, I would like to see uh, black male health uh, have a, you have a, uh, a racism component to it where they could help mm-hmm. people through that. Yeah. Now, see, if we just, because yeah. we as African, you know, are you depressed, are you not depressed? Well, you know, I mean, that's okay, but, you know, they need to go and, you know, frame the thing and then get close to them mm-hmm. they need. I'll tell you what's happening. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what happened in the state of Texas with our state mental health agency at the Austin. They came to us for us to help them identify the mental health status and needs in the rural communities of color. We work with them in two counties as far as the survey. They're working in another county now as we speak. For when they first came to us, they wanted to do a survey on a cell phone and QRSS code. We told them that would not work in our community. 
because, you know, you know, to my internet and all that, what we convinced them to do is convert that from a QRSA code cell phone to a print out, print out the questionnaire. What we did, we took the questionnaire to our black hub churches in Turkey County, Anderson County, and then they fill out the surveys because they want to know the mental health need, the status of what you're talking about in the black community, rural community. They received the largest response from that survey. That They put that in there, and this is a state. They put that in that report. They received the largest return from that survey. So what we'll meet with a group uh, next week about doing exactly what you were saying, to structure and identify the mental health needs in the community of color, rural community of color first in the state of Texas. So I'm going to give give state of Texas, that group, because uh, they recognize what you just said. They recognize and that's what's happening with all this, the university, you know, the UT system, other system, they're recognizing what they need to do. And what they need, to, well, like I say, they know they need to come to the black community and the black community need to help them. I used to say they, they, know, they just, they recognize what you said and they, they need our help. Let me put it that way. They need the black community help. So if you're in Dallas, you're in a place, help, help people how to reach your neighbors. Now, another point we need, the youth. I need your help because that question about our youth. First, we were approached by the school district called us what was going on in schools, but also in the churches. We are working. We're trying to develop a survey, a youth survey that will be from youth. So you, we, we say what youth need and all that. Sur- most of the time, we don't ask the youth. This survey will be for the youth. Answer. So I'm going to need everybody to help to make sure we put get put together the right survey to get the right question to include our youth. Because as you mm-hmm. all know, there are there are major issues occurring with our youth. And so anybody could help us put that survey together before we distribute it, we, we're asking for your help because we want to reach we need to reach our children uh for, on a whole lot of basis. But we need to let them we need to have them involved first. I was telling my board group we need a youth on every program we're doing. And we work with the agricultural program. We tell them we need youth to be there uh, mm-hmm. so they can help us because they are, they are our future leaders. If we don't do anything mm-hmm. for our future leaders, it's going to be very interesting when we turn this over to them. You know, right, so right. We, we need to work with them now, and we need to listen to them so and, right. and, and get their input and get them involved to cover all these issues, prostate cancer, breast cancer, mental health, Drugs, substance abuse, all those areas. Uh, we need we need to include our youth and listen to them and get their expertise. Let me go ahead and get my report. That's correct. Yes, let's bring in uh, let's bring in Dr. Um, Carr first, and then we'll go to uh, Mr. Arthur. Good evening, uh, Dr. Carr. Good evening. How's everyone tonight? We're good. great, Doctor. Yes, I, and I know you're excited to hear. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Hagney being back and from him. So we're going to go to Mr. Arthur, and then we'll come back and let uh, let Dr. Uh, Carr greet Dr. Hagney. Uh, yes, Mr. Arthur. Uh, well, well, well uh, now, North Texas area, of course, you know, Fred Haynes has had his, you know, uh, you know, inauguration. So that's so we're still yes, buzzing sir. from that. Yes, uh, now, politically, <laughs> politically, I guess about a couple months ago, petition was circulating to have a recall on uh, Johnson. So I, I saw a report the other day where they had 6,000 signatures so far. So uh, 
So I'm keeping an eye on it. So recall on what now? I'm sorry, we missed that. Recall on who? Rick Johnson for, for becoming a Republican on us. I think it was a Democrat. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, so there's right, a recall. So tell us more. Tell us more. So there's, so there's recall movement. They recall him. So there's a group that's, that, that's doing recall. So, so we'll see. Okay. So, so everybody that doesn't know uh, exactly what you're talking about, Ms. Arthur, can you give us a little bit more detail? A little bit more information on that. Uh, well, Mayor Eric Johnson, who's our mayor of Dallas, he was a you know uh, uh, he a Democratic state rep uh, for you know for Dallas, and uh, he came in, uh, and then uh, after his first term, about a month into his first term, he became a Republican to the chagrin mm-hmm. of a lot of people. You know, they, you know, because they would have liked to have known that before the election. But anyway, uh, so, so a lot of people are well, actually just just actually disgusted, and again, you know, and and it all again it goes back to who is the Republican Party in Texas. I would submit to you they are a fascist organization. And so when we see our leaders cozy up to these guys and act like they're just normal folks and not alerting the community. To the seriousness of the political situation, uh, you know, uh, again, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a lack of trust. So I think that, so I think he, I think he broke the trust button when he did that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, folks are questioning now. So, you know, and again, you know, uh, you know, our people, you know, we learn how to, you know, leave, leave it out more authority and, and quit, and quit doing that, you know, political kind of stuff, you know, you know, just, I mean, you know, they say what you're going to do and say who you are and if people like you, but don't be faking. So, and I and I still haven't talked to him, so I don't know why he, I don't know why he actually did that. Uh, but yeah, when I do, I'll ask him. That, that was know. my next question, Mr. Arthur, as to uh, was there any explanation from him as to why he decided to switch parties uh, one month into his election? Well, you know, he he adopted. You know, I knew something was up when he had the when he had the governor up here uh, when he was doing the budget and some other talking about some you know some different state items. So he had the he had the governor here with him. They did a press conference and the whole thing. That looked high. and uh, yeah. So then then later on he did that. So you know. And why, you know, I, th- I, me myself, I think it was, I think it's political expediency. I think it's just like, you know, Clarence Thomas and some of the other guys that became Republicans. The line is shorter for black men over at the Republican Party, so I think he saw it a little shorter. So, you know, uh, again, now I told another one of my Republican friends. I talked to him another day. I said, hey, look. You guys are going to, after all this is over, I say, first of all, something all them folks are going to be gone here in a minute. I say, oh, you, so where you, like Martin Luther King said, the measure of the man is where he stands, not where he stands in time of conflict and convenience, where he stands in time of controversy. And if you, and then after all this is over, if you were standing over there doing all of that, then, you know, how you gonna you know, how you going to tell your kids about that stuff, you know, where were you going to, you know, where are you stand when all that stuff happened? So I'm just telling them, hey, look, you know, don't use up your reputation for these people, you know, you, 
And so anyway, okay. so I'm, I, you know. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Ms. Ark, for that update. And what I'm going to re- request is that if Ms. Ms. Rihanna will look up uh, the issue that's going on with uh, Kennedy right now, who is a Democrat, uh, came from uh, the Kennedy clan, and uh, he was uh, one of those uh, no-vaxxers, as we remember. And so it was just announced on the news a little while ago as I came in from all my interviews for today from our Black History Program for our Black History Program for the First Black Families of uh, uh, Smith County that uh, is a probability that he would be a running mate for Trump. And so we're asking Ms. Rihanna to do some research on oh, that. Oh, good grief. As, <laughs> yes. And, uh, I'll and get on it. Upset, and, yes, ma'am, <laughs> and how upset the Kennedy family is with the comments and things that he made in regards to uh, uh, President, uh, the former President uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. So if you can Google that information and be prepared to share that with our audience. Anybody run away from who? Anybody run away from who? Who? I'm sorry. You say anybody might be a runaway from who? I mean, wait a minute. Who might be a runaway from who? Vice President for Trump. And so, Ms. Rihanna, if you look that up, it just was announced on MSNBC. Yes, ma'am. And, and then we'll go to uh, to uh, <laughs> Dr. Carr and let him say what he needs to say, bring us up to date on his campaign, and then let him greet uh, Dr. Hagney because I know that's what he wants to do. Go ahead. Good evening, and uh, thank you. I was uh, listening on as Dr. Hagney was explaining the uh, issue of mental health, and I guess I came on at just the right time because uh, – in tomorrow morning, I'll be speaking, Dr. Hagner, to a group of seniors at the agency that I retired from, and I'll be talking about uh, mental health. Uh, I uh, That's the second plank on my campaign, and uh, I've got some statistics here from the uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness, which says in Arkansas that we have seven out of ten youth who are in the excuse me, in the juvenile system, have a mental condition. And furthermore, we have uh, 457,000 adults in Arkansas who have mental conditions. And with this thing having taken place in Houston here just recently, the buzz is in everyone's mind. So it gave me a perfect opportunity to talk about the need for uh, mental health and the need for attention to uh, the issues that, around the communities because people are dying and people are being injured and we're being put in a frenzy as a result of the lack of mental health services. The agency goes on to say that there are 1,426,000 people in Arkansas live in communities that do not have enough mental health professionals. And to Mr. Arthur's point, as I was listening on, I'm reading Robert L. Williams' uh, book on racism learn at an early age through what he describes as racial scripting. Robert Williams is a, a graduate of my university, Philander Smith University, back in the 40s, mm-hmm. and he uh, is a, was a uh, professor emeritus at Washington University in St. Louis. So it seems to me like things are coming to me at just the right time, and the information that Dr. Hagney was putting over was giving me a basis for what I'll be talking about tomorrow 
and again on this Thursday. On this Thursday, I'll be at one of the agencies in my city who provides mental health services, and they've agreed for me to come over and sit down at the table and talk with them. So what I'm gaining tonight is very valuable, and it will give me some weaponry, if you will, to go in on Thursday and sit down with these folks in our city and to uh, highlight why I am a candidate on the Democratic ticket for the House of Representatives in the state of Arkansas. I'm going to be doing what we have not seen done at all by the person who is the incumbent in the office. I'm going to be talking about issues that have not been talked about at all, and then Dr. Hagner, especially in the rural black communities, the people who are District 97, which is my city, El Dorado, Arkansas, the people in my city, 95% of them could not tell you if you asked them who is your House of Representatives person. They, they couldn't tell you who he is. They couldn't say that he's been to our church or he's met with a group of any leaders in our city. They don't know anything. So this is prime time in my opinion. And when I came on the show tonight, what I heard gave me uh, confirmation that the direction that I'm going is the right direction. And, Dr. Hagner, I'll be looking forward to getting with you uh, off the show, off the program, so that you can supply me with whatever information that you will to empower the movement so we can spread it across uh, the southern states here. So I'm glad to hear your voice, glad to know that you're back, and anxious to, you know, get ideas from you uh, to promote what we're doing here in Arkansas. That's excellent. That's excellent. That's excellent. People are asking us, why don't we move the task force into other states? You know, I have something. There are some people sending in some information. The Arkansas Minority Health Commission, uh, Arkansas Department of Health, they sent me some information. I'm sent, I'm forwarding that on to you. And okay. also, uh, Dr. R- Professor Raleigh there in Texas, Canada, one of our church hubs, he want to okay. work with us over into your over into Arkansas, so he has okay. an office there in Arkansas. In Arkansas, probably one of the states we'll move our programs out of Texas into Arkansas. And if the time is so perfect with the mental with mental health, the need is there. So back up, basically, what the issue is the knowledge of mental health across the board um, is lacking. And what we have to do, blacks that's in position, like I like this Minority Health Commission of Arkansas Department of Health, you need to find out who's on we going well with you we're gonna find out who's on that commission and, and that and uh, you they need a direct link to you and you need a voice in that because that's where the guidelines are set at the state level. And mm-hmm. so and and so you see that's when we when we elect all these in we gotta stop electing individuals who don't know anything about health care. I mean, that's, I, we, we have a ton of people who are in position from Washington, D.C., all down, don't know anything about mental health, and they can't help our community. So we're gonna, we'll be talking to you about that, and there's some information. There, there's another young lady that's sending me some information for you. She's actually in Arkansas. Uh, there, we even are looking at your, your district up there and who's in your district, and also someone's working on the number of black churches in your district. I, I tell people to reach your individuals in your community through your black churches. Now, not, not all the black churches. Now, we have a, we have a program where we're developing uh, leaders in the black church. So when I say black church, I'm not talking about every black church uh, would be helpful. They eventually yeah. will. But a lot of your black churches, pastors, will need, they need 
for example, what we're talking about. They need to know how to reach out into Arkansas, recognizing how the training is in Arkansas and what training programs you can put together in Arkansas. Also, you call the HBCU uh, here in Arkansas. Uh, we want to get them involved because when you mentioned earlier about the lack of uh, personnel, that's true across across the country. We really don't have enough health work, healthcare workers. And there is a young lady coming on board with us to help train a lot of your healthcare workers. So that's, that's another thing. We will look at the whole who's trained, how many members there, get the HBCUs in there involved, but also get the University of Arkansas involved. i tell you why that's important. Uh, we just we just feel a sign affiliation with the uh, UT system here. Uh, the, the med school, the nursing school, the graduate school of public health, the pharmacy school, because I said earlier, those can just Arkansas, the schools want to know about your community. So the University of Arkansas, their graduate programs, whatever they have there, they need to get involved. Their graduate students in the project or is getting the information. So we need to get everybody on board with that information. Chances are they don't have the information. By all means, you have an opportunity to include your youth in which, what you're putting together there uh, because they are not only our future leader, but they're the ones being inundated the mental health issues that they are experiencing. So it is, a, it, is a, it is a blessing the time you're in to start on the basis to reestablish Arkansas health program. And so whoever's on a minority health commission uh, need to meet that person and evaluate that person. You know, but we'll work with you, get the information. And so we're excited about that because you're going to document, Arkansas is going to document that we can move our program in Texas not only because we could be talking about Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. All four of those states have the identical problem, identical need. So the removal, the roll of program out of Texas into Arkansas, into Louisiana, into Mississippi, uh, and they're all identical. Identify the black churches throw there, and you can reach those communities, each one of those states. Because I can report, you know, there's some horrible things happening in the other states, but it's just because the need for us to get involved and get involved through the black churches and get the HBCUs. You got a lot of good HBCUs through those areas. We're going to get them involved because when when the government gets HBCUs money, we need to find out what are you using that money for. Are you yeah. are you putting that money in some health care positions, uh, helping your community? Because it's not by accident where HBCUs are located. If you look at the HBCUs across America, You'll see what you'll see why they are where they are, but we need to work with them to, to help implement what you're talking about the training of future individuals. And I mentioned back to the schools, the University of Arkansas, getting them involved at the state level, and also your county governments. The county governments—that's where a lot of your money is in in, in in the whole system. So your county historic, your county commissioners, and all those guys who approve all those programs, we're gonna get them on board. We're in the process of identifying all those people. And we're gonna get those people to you, and so you can connect, and also putting your package together, your presentation together, and understanding your community, your your district, and your churches in your district. And I can ask you right now, who is the leading pastor of the Black Church in your district? We need his name. We want to make a hub out of that pastor's site. A hub is a the lead church that's communicating with the other church in the county, and we we send all the information through that list that lead church, and they disseminate it out to all those small churches. That's why we can reach, we document, we can reach the household 
in rural households through the black church. But so if you can help me identify the pastor, the leading and the pastor, and he doesn't have to be lead pastor, there all the other pastors are, are communicating with in your district, in your county. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have an association, whatever like that. Uh, but just identify that pastor for us, and we'll take it from there for us working with him and developing that as a hub in your district. Yes, sir. Okay, very good, um, Dr. Dr. Hagner, very good. And so, and also, I want to make mention of what what uh, Dr. Carr just mentioned about uh, people not getting to the polls, people not uh, knowing who the elected officials are because they don't show up and talk to them. I think that's probably one of the reasons that we cannot get the younger generation to get to the polls to vote, to register them, and then get them there. Sometimes we can register them, but they don't, may, not, may or may not show up. So we have to be out there in that community as elected officials so that when it's time to go back and ask for votes, then the people will know exactly who you are and the way that, and, and Dr. Hadden says this repeatedly, but the way that happens in the African-American community is to get inside of the churches. And, sure. and don't just wait until it's time for election, but attend right. some of those and let your face be seen out in the community. And when you when your face is out in the community, people know who you are, and then they'll go to the polls and they'll support you and vote for you. Okay, thank you, gentlemen, very okay. much. Miss um, Rihanna, we're going to go to you now, and, we, and two things we want to talk about uh, after Miss Rihanna gives us a report on what I presented. We also want to get a little report on uh, what's going on with uh, with Fannie Willis down there in Georgia, uh, as we have heard and find out that the young gentleman that she hired to work on the uh, Trump case, which was before uh, that they later on established a personal relationship, and we know that they did take a, a trip, a cruise to be exact, I believe, and uh, but Miss Fanny Willis has shown uh, what I call receipts, showing that she paid her fair share and her half of uh, of a trip that they took, and that of course the uh, attorney uh, actually is in the pro- either is in the process of getting a divorce or have already been divorced, and of course we know she's a single lady. So we want to talk about that as well. But we're going to hear from Miss Rihanna. Uh, with the issue regarding uh, Kennedy. Ms. Rihanna? Well, so far, uh, I haven't found um, the headline that you saw, um, but that doesn't mean anything. It may just not be up yet. <laughs> um, okay. But I am finding things from January 30th where I didn't even know that this was a rumor that's been spreading around. Um, that it appears to me from what I'm finding (laughs) that the Trump team may have reached out to RFK Jr.'s team Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. ask him (laughs) to be his uh, running mate. And RFK Jr. publicly said uh, that he was flattered but not interested. And then shortly after that, when Trump apparently started kind of acting like he acts when he gets embarrassed, um, then RFK Jr. said, oh, no, no, his team never reached out to my team. But he wasn't denying it when he responded to the question initially and said, well, I'm flattered but not interested. And as as little as five days ago, 
the RFK Junior campaign team reached out to um, Andrew Yang and asked him if he would be interested in <laughs> being hmm. RFK Junior's running mate, and he said, no, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> so that's all I have found so far, and I did find that he has – RFK Junior uh, has claimed that his um, – his post that he made was a an attempt at nostalgia, and he apologized to his cousins. But notably, he has not taken the post down. It is still pinned on his social media account. Um, and and, and he also – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say? What did that post say? Let me go find that. Um, and you and what you just said – what you just said – a second ago is exactly what was announced on uh, okay, on okay. MSNBC uh, a little while ago, and that is the probability of him that he had been asked to uh, be Trump's running mate. Go ahead. Okay, I kind of I was everything I was putting together. It seemed like that may have been probably what MSNBC had said. But because I didn't see it straight from them, I thought, I better wait and see what she heard, because <laughs> I think this okay. might be it. Um, That's exactly what oh. so. And um, let me, and while I go back to this post to see what it said, I, I'll also say this, that a couple of months ago, when the rumor first started circulating, um, RFK Jr. is married to an actress named Cheryl Hines. And mm-hmm. you guys might know who she is because she is a pretty strong Democratic supporter. <laughs> right. And she's been often embarrassed and upset by some of the things that he said, his anti-vax things, um, right. things that he has been okay with other people saying that have seemed to be a little anti-Semitic. She's, um, I believe she is Jewish. Um, she's actually apologized uh, for things that he has said, not, but not excusing him for saying them. And he notably said a few months ago in an interview that uh, that he wouldn't accept a position on the Trump team because his marriage wouldn't survive it. And he said it kind of <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, but I think anybody would say that that's probably true. His marriage probably would not survive that. <laughs> right. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> okay, very good. Very and here's here's what I found about the post. Um, okay. And it was about the Super Bowl ad. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Um, a Super Bowl advertisement mirrored one broadcast by his uncle, JFK, uh, from their campaign in 1960. Um, And it says it included images of RFK Jr. spliced into the original 1960s ad and a jaunty jingle that repeated the Kennedy surname 15 times in 30 seconds. It was made by American Values 2024, a political action committee. Um, and let's see, uh, the spot cost $7 million, according to American Values co-founder Tony Lyons, um, and the ad was made, let's see, 
Oh, it says a super PAC. Super PACs are allowed to raise and spend an unlimited amount of money in support of political candidates, but cannot coordinate with campaigns. And uh, his family started speaking out after the ad. Uh, yeah. My cousin's Super Bowl ad used our uncle's faces and my mother's. He would be appalled yeah. by his deadly health care views. Uh, yeah. That was something Bobby Shriver said. So there's all that, kinds of quotes from his family that was just enraged. Well, that is the one disgusted. right there that, Ms. Mm-hmm. Rihanna, that is the one that was just announced on MSNBC. That's it exactly. Those two mm. things that you just brought up is exactly what was announced on MSNBC. But let me tell you, <laughs> hey, hey, but let me tell you, Trump, but let me tell you, on his ticket, because he sees the polls that shows that between Biden and Trump, uh, Kennedy, he pulled more Trump's voters than he do Biden's. So he hurts right. Trump more. So that's why I don't right. want him on the Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is exactly what Trump did right at the tail end of his campaign. Well, not at the tail end, but uh, around the time that, that Bernie Sanders was clearly not going to be um, the Democratic candidate, um, he saw that he could slice off enough of those uh, potential Bernie Sanders voters, and he started talking like Bernie Sanders all of a sudden, and mm-hmm. and you know saying things that he clearly had never said before. But he was talking like Bernie Sanders. That's you know he's an opportunist. He knows he knows how to do that. So let's just hope Cheryl Hines has enough hold on her husband to keep him far away from the Trump campaign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great, Miss Rihanna. So, if you also, Miss, if you'd also pull up, um, go ahead, Miss Arthur. No, I was going to say, was going to say she was saying, you know, about Trump, about Trump, you know, you know. I say his, I say his uh, followers are more loony tunerish. Isn't that right? <laughs> Okay, so so then let's transition over to um, over to Sandy uh, Willis and Miss Rihanna. If you'll pull up some articles and see what that is being said, and then of course we just okay. saw that Trump plans on showing up at that court date because she is going before, and I'm not sure exactly who she's going to if she's going to go before the court or if she's going to go before the um, uh, the state of. Uh, Arkansas, excuse me, I'm sorry, the state of Georgia's um, uh, district attorney of this state, and I'm sure, pretty sure that's who she's going to go before to uh, to testify on, on her on her behalf as far as her relationship with uh, with the attorney that she hired prior to the relationship was established. So, if you can find anything on that, Ms. Rihanna. Yes. So, in the meantime, while Ms. Rihanna is looking that up. Uh, I know that everybody is familiar uh, with this, and so we'll start with you, Mr. Arthur, and see what uh, what your uh, thoughts are. If uh, if you if you see that she has broken the ethic rules, um, and uh, well, so we'll, all, we'll, we'll go ahead, yes, sir. Well, first of all, first of all, attorneys need love too. We'll start there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, so we, no, we see what, no. where are you going? Oh, Go ahead. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, 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 whoever, you know, they, they, they like each other. 
Uh, he was in the middle of his divorce proceedings. Right. Uh, right from one of the people, the defendants in this case, attorney, you know, got in touch with. So that so what they did was they say, hey, look, you know, start talking about that. that's what the guy has done. Now he has closed down. He's going to close up their him and his wife. They finished with their divorce proceedings. Okay, so they through now. So that's not an issue. So nobody's going to have to go and you know testify in the end of that. Uh, basically, you know, this you know this is just politics, y'all. This ain't got nothing to do with the case. Has nothing to do with the case. She's not going anywhere. They're doing. They're just damaging her. But if you won't be put on the, the you know, the, the, the seventh circuit or whatever it is, or, or Supreme Court, they just basically. But as far as the case concerned, it's not gonna have, it's not gonna have any effect on the case because it has nothing to do with the case. It's nothing to do, with it. you know. Good more. Good point, Arthur. Good point. Good point. Okay. What about you, Dr. Carr? What are your thoughts on that? And then we'll go to Dr. Hagney. I think uh, that they're obviously that Fanny Willis and the brother that she is involved with as legal uh, strategists, attorneys, I think they both are wise enough to figure out how to get through this issue. I don't know what the ethics rules are in the case or in the state uh, that uh, would bind them to some pressure that would disallow the case going forward as it is. So, you know, the way I see it, I don't see how their relationship has anything to do with what Trump has done that he needs to be held accountable for uh, by way of the charges brought against him. I think it's an excellent political football, if you will, that they could kick around. But I think yeah. when they get to playing ball, the case will go forward. <laughs> I like the way you put you into that. Well, here's, <laughs> here's what they're saying. That, that was excellent, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Carr. But this is, this is what they're, quote, unquote, the Republicans are saying. They're saying that the money that she paid him, she benefited from that money. That's why she brought her receipts showing that when they went on this cruise, she paid half of, she brought her money with her, in other words, that she didn't need a man to take care of her. She was taking care of herself, even though they, were, they had become friends. They split it right down the middle. So with sure. the fact that they split it right, yes. Sure, it made it sound like mm-hmm. this man did have no money before he got that that's job. Exactly. That's right. There you go. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Let me put it to the other side even, Mr. Arthur. I'm glad you brought that up. They act like this lady, Fanny Willis, didn't have any, didn't have her own yes. money. She was that well no paid. Yes. In, in that, Georgia. You're right. Right? Well, yeah. that's okay, so thing. I want to bring that forward. That You're exactly right, Dr. McKellar. I'm so glad you said that because it seems from everything that I've read from the allegations and the, the people who filed these ethics complaints, when it is convenient for it to seem like she had nothing, she had nothing, yeah. and she needed to depend yeah. on this man who, who she paid. When it's convenient for her to have had this money, to have independently paid him, oh, she yeah. paid him. 
No. Yes. The state <laughs> no. paid him. There you go. Excellent. The state paid him, and she went on a cruise with a man that she's entitled to go on a cruise with and paid her own way on that cruise. They both paid their own way because they both make all kinds of money. Yeah, but they said it got some marked bills, right? They must have marked the bills, right? Must have marked the money. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's absolutely ludicrous. And uh, here's another thing. Pretty much every legal expert that has weighed in on this, other than the people who Fox brings on, and we've seen the caliber that Fox brings on, um, yes. have said that there's really, with Fannie Willis's statement where she did bring those receipts, she has utterly and completely shut down the entire argument that Trump's legal team, um, which is another entire master class of mediocrity right there, um, mm-hmm. has brought forward. That, you know, their only leg that they had to stand on as far as this ethics complaint was this far-fetched, I'll tell you, here's one thing they're great at. They are great at flinging things at the wall and looking, taking a step back and looking at it and coming up with a Picasso of a conspiracy theory. (laughs) Because that is, again, what they have done with this. And, you know, they don't depend on people having receipts, which Fannie Willis absolutely did. There's absolutely nothing wrong with these two people, he was a special prosecutor. He yes. is a prosecutor. They're going to know each other. They're entitled to be friends. They're entitled to date. They're entitled to do whatever they want to do with their two free American selves. And <laughs> all she had to do was show those receipts, and she had them. And she did. <laughs> she's an, she's an organized, <laughs> intelligent yeah, woman, and she brought them. <laughs> Well, these are attorneys we're talking about, correct? Uh, yes. And so oh, uh, don't you guys think that it's – and then we're going to go to Dr. Hagney and let him have his comments. But don't you think that it's quite interesting that the Supreme Court does not have any ethic rules that they follow, right. <laughs> but we want to turn around and say that these two adult people cannot establish a relationship. Right. And, and, how, and, and how about how many how many people do you know uh, whose uh, whose family works with them for them? Uh, can we go back to the uh, former guy that held down the White House? And <laughs> how many of his children worked in there and received the money? What I call nepotism. But if that's who he wanted in his White House. That was his prerogative to have his children in his White House if he wanted that. <laughs> so how is it okay for him? And he wants to follow down to Georgia and show up <laughs> at, when she presents herself to Congress or whomever, what her representative for the state of Georgia, whomever she's going to present. He's going to take time out to go down there to sit in the courtroom. Uh, but go ahead, uh, <laughs> Dr. Hadley, your comments <laughs> in regards to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, you, you know, where should, where should I start? Where should I start? Well, I, I, would, I would say American history. You know, uh, it's amazing yeah. when you study American history, how, much, how many people really understood what happened in American history. Uh, so much so that we 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 have problem understanding today, 
you know, uh, that, you know, I've heard about that, and, you know, there's so much going on yeah. in healthcare, like Dr. Carr is talking about. Uh, I just, I had to, you know, my <laughs> the time and yeah, effort and what's going on. Right? <laughs> you know, you know, we have two black males dying versus one white male in America, and we yeah. have a Delph and what Dr. Carr just mentioned about the mental health, our mm-hmm. educational system, our youth, a lot of control. I, you know, personally, you know, those are two grown people over there. And uh, there where, we are in, where we are in America, you know, none of that impacting our health true. staff. So true. And okay. they don't even know. If you would go and ask them about health care, I'm quite sure they wouldn't be wouldn't be able to answer. Wouldn't be able to and, answer. You know, so I, you know, so so what we're gonna to have to do across this board. First of all, recognize we we need we need to do things for ourselves as a race of people. Recognize who we are, recognize how we are blessed, and listen to God lead us in the areas where He want to lead us because He, God has a master plan, and He's fulfilling that master plan now. He has identified and he's raising up people who are going to make a difference. And, and he is coming back. And all <laughs> this stuff we're dealing with, man, uh, I mean, you know, beings, but what we have to be about what God's been is what he put us here for. And we got to stay focused on that. And, and, uh, and when we talked about COVID, when we look and see what COVID has shown this country and where we have missed 160,000 people with COVID deaths and COVID is still here. I mean that that you know that a lot of those things I put secondary, and yeah, so yeah. I I apologize because you know I, people die and dying from this that concerns me that you know the others doesn't 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 faze me because death when we look at the life expectancy of black males has decreased some like seven years that's important when we yes, look at a black baby that twice as a white baby in these United States. That's what's important. I mentioned the prostate cancer. We look at the uh, the, uh, the stomach cancer, all those issues. Uh, we look at flu all over the country now. And and our, our youth, we don't understand what our youth are. We look, our youth are raising themselves out there. So I, I think that I just in, in summation, there are more important personally that we should be about and we should be looking at. And we should be solving more problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what money. America, there's so much money in America that, and um, there's so much money being spent in, in medical research, medical schools. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about small dollars. I'm talking about a million dollars being given by oh. state and federal grant, and nobody knows what happened. Nobody, and it is, it is shocking. If people, if people just know, and then if you look at the health stats, uh, if they, if if you were hiring somebody and you came with the stats America come up with after spending billions of dollars, you would fight a whole group. But our problem we can't fight a group who wastes all these millions. You know, so so we got to be about first of all we got to listen to God and have, have Him show us what we need to be focusing on and not being focusing on and anything that caused someone to die, a baby or whatever, adult, whatever. That's important. You know, and, you well, know, Dr. Hackney, I, I want to jump in uh, and mention you're talking about prostate uh, cancer. And now we're talking about, or I want to talk about, uh, General Lloyd Austin, 
admitted back into the hospital in intensive care, mm-hmm. prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. Here's a gentleman yep. that's had top-notch care all yes. throughout his career. Check mm-hmm. out. We have, Mr. Arthur can tell you we have to have that physical each year, and then we have to have all of our exams and things. And here he is. Uh, back in the hospital. I don't know exactly what's going on, what the diagnosis are, uh, if he's having a repercussion from we know that he just had surgery for prostate cancer. And mm-hmm. But just remember, gentlemen, all the gentlemen, just keep track of that thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you may have to go back every six months rather than once a year to well, get uh, yeah. your PSA, right, Dr. Hagley? Oh, yeah. So something went wrong somewhere. We something see, see uh, we we see uh, that's back to millions and billion dollars we put in healthcare, we put in buildings, we put in places. Why we have the stats we have, and that's a classic example. We had a we had a semi program for physicians the other day on on opioids. It is shocking mm-hmm. how doctors are striving or not prescribing uh, for opioid overdose. Either they don't do it. Or they do it wrong, or they don't know how to do it. These are physicians who've been been through our medical schools. See, that's one thing we miss with COVID. See, COVID showed us and confirmed us people who we thought knew, they don't know. I don't care how many degrees, how many plaques, where they've been, you fall. And that's why I'm gonna give kudos to my doctors at UT with the product, with my blood idea. So you talk about expert people. That was on top of everything, and see, we don't. That's the that's the fallacy in our healthcare system. You know, we have we tell the world we have the best healthcare system and everything, but then we come through with these stats. That's what I told a group the other day. How in the world we have these stats? We have all these trained doctors, hey, hey, all hey, these doctor, graduate hey, programs, but, Hagney, but then the results the results are not what the results are not. Oh yes, go ahead. Me, can I please jump in for a second? That is why. We say practice medicine. Just think mm. about this. The greatest physician is not these physicians here, even though we have great physicians and we have great medical schools. But, it's, but they practice medicine, and medicine is it's ongoing. We learn more. The more they practice, the more they learn. So physicians are not going to get it right every single time mm-hmm. they're going to be because they're human they're going to miss something but i always me, point out the fact that they practicing a medicine but go ahead hey doc you know in your mental health in your mental health program and approach and again you know like you know you're talking about the doctors the you know the doctors not trained like i think they are trained anyway it's like there's no, and I'm asking you this, Doc, in, in the mental health piece that you're doing, are y'all also attaching folks, showing folks how that mental health uh, creates their physical health or affects their uh, physical health? Is that part of you all's program? Uh, well, see, you know, when, you know when I said yeah. the octopus plan, I got to get the octopus, octopus plan copyrighted. When you treat mental health, and what we, you don't just treat mental health. You treat the whole body. That's our whole healthcare system. That's what, that's what we talk about with the prost, with the, uh, with the octopus plan. Nutrition, all that you have to cover it. 
Because if you don't cover one, you're going to miss it somewhere else. That, well, that's what's happening with COVID. COVID is a classic example. If you don't do all the things you need to do with COVID, you're going to have COVID where it is right now. You mm-hmm. have all the medical schools, all the millions, billions of dollars been spent. But look what look where we were COVID. Look at the number of people dying with COVID. You have to do the whole to talk to stop an octopus. You have to attach all the legs at one time. If you go at the and, one and leg, and Mr. Arthur, and Mr. Arthur, I want to jump in here again to answer your question. Yes, we when I was at Texas Women's University College of Nursing. We were trained on the holistic approach. Like Dr. Hagney said, we looked at the nutritional side of it. We looked at the mental side. That's why you had, that's why we had to be trained in med surge, psych, OB, and which is obstetrics, and pediatrics. That's the holistic man, the holistic approach. You have to look at all aspects. You have to be trained in all aspects of that physician and I'm not sure what you meant by that you don't that they're not physicians are not trained the way you think they should be trained because I don't know if you've looked at wait just a minute let me tell you I don't know if I don't know if you've looked at the curriculum that is presented in medical schools throughout the country they have even those physicians are not trained even Mm -hmm. like nurses nurses are trained to sit down and teach patient okay. when the doctor writes out let me finish when the doctor mm-hmm. writes out the prescription and he spends a few minutes in with the patient then he walks mm-hmm. out and he depends upon that nurse to do the teaching mm-hmm. and instructions of what they need mm-hmm. to do once they go home that's mm-hmm. the holistic approach that's why i say nurses are trained to ch- even when the physicians walk away and out of the room go ahead what I'm okay. What I'm basically saying is, and I'm not saying that they. Yeah, I know they. They know about all of that. They teach them all of that. But when they get out into the actual medical field, they find out they're in a corporate medical system, and where and once you're in a corporate medical system, all those things you're talking about, you know, again, you know, folks go to the doctor. Folks go to the doctors. You know, they, they you know, they ain't hearing none of that stuff you're talking about. You know, they you know, all they hear about is basic corporate system, and that's what I'm basically saying. I'm saying I ain't saying that they don't know it. I know they know it, but the corporate system ain't about that. That's all I'm saying. Well, we, well, we, have, we have a new medical, but we, we have a new medical system now. We have a new medical system now, and, and well, let me just say this part, is that physicians or nurse practitioners, whichever one that you're using, you're, I'm just going to say your healthcare provider, they are, because they no longer are independent healthcare providers. They, because why are they not? Because the malpractice insurance got to be so expensive that physicians could not afford. So therefore, they practice. They practice underneath a hospital system, and in the hospital system, they have to turn out so many patients per day in order to go ahead. I'm gonna let you go ahead. I respectfully, you know, I just respectfully disagree. I don't, I don't think that. I think the corporate system, they learn all that stuff you're talking about because, because if it was like, because if it was, if it was the way that you say that it actually should be, then, you know, uh, it, it would be a healthcare system as opposed to trying to keep you no, healthy. No, no, I said what it was when the, when physicians were independent practices. 
they were not rushed through to see their patients. They sat down, saw those patients, examined them, and spent some time with them listening to the patients mm-hmm. when they had questions. Now, because of insurance and the healthcare system being so pricey that physicians could not afford the malpractice insurance that was required of them, so therefore they started working within the hospital system. I don't know which part that you respectfully disagree, but now they're working in the hospital. Now they're working in the Let me finish, and then I'll let you finish. They now work in the hospital the same thing. Yep. Go ahead. Well, 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 I'm trying to see what you respectfully disagreed with because what well, I'm well, saying I, is that no lo- they no longer I, have that minute that they can sit down and talk mm-hmm. to the patients. They rush them through. So the nurses mm-hmm. are the ones who back then and right now are the ones who take mm-hmm. a few minutes to try to train and teach the patient what they need to do once they go home after they finished seeing the physician. Go ahead. Well, I guess what I, is that I wasn't clear on the, the the back then versus the now, you know, that part. And so, but, but basically what I'm just saying is, I'm just saying is that once it became a corporate system, once the medical system became corporate, uh, the holistic approach got, well, what, what it really was never in the door, but it got, but the door got slammed on it. That's not true. It. Because now we're in a pharmaceutical-driven System. I, well, I'm just saying. I'm going by my experience with my mom, and I watched it. I watched that. I watched the pharmaceutical system. I watched what they did. You know, I told you about I had to go and, you know, get the folks straight a couple times about my mom's medicine. So I'm saying, I'm saying that 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 sitting down talking and taking time patients, yeah, all that went away. You know, you in 15 minutes and you out. That's it. We said we so, saying the same thing. We saying the yeah, same identical thing. thing. And that is that it, things changed when physicians could no longer afford the malpractice insurance. Then they yeah. went to working in the hospitals under the auspices of the hospital system simply because the hospital could afford to pay a broad insurance amount for malpractice insurance. They pay it as a group amount, a group of physicians, mm-hmm. rather than individual physicians trying to pay that malpractice insurance. Mm-hmm. And that's, part been, of that. that's been quite a few years that that has mm-hmm. taken place. But remember now, part of, that, part of that malpractice thing, too, had to do with uh, the pharmaceutical industry, the medicine that they were giving people from the part. And, that, and pharmaceutical industries, they the ones that mainly didn't want to get sued. And so that's really that was part of it too. Yeah, it was the doctors. That was, was a political piece of it. Where they said, well, you know, doctors don't want to sue our doctors, but it was the pharmaceutical companies that was because the doctors they were the one that was delivering the drugs. So you know, they the one that was really behind. They didn't want to get sued. If you check tort reform, you're gonna find those pharmaceutical companies all up on that. The pharmaceutical companies have always been there. They're not going away. They're not mm-hmm. even going away, even though some physicians are going toward naturopathic medicine. They, they know that it's a food uh, product that we're missing in our bodies. Every disease process that you come up with is a deficit in your food intake. Let's use diabetes as an example. If you're not if you're not following your rules and regs, and especially if you have diabetes that's generational, that's in your family. So if you're not taking in the right amount of foods, that's why people sometimes have to take supplements 
Because if you're not getting the right foods inside of your system, you're going to come up with deficit, nutritional deficits, which will turn into diabetes, which will turn into other uh, health care issues. Think about this as far as the radiation that we get inside of our bodies and the radiation stress that we have. This, these telephones that we're talking on right now, right now, we have people that sleep with, with their phones in, the, in their rooms. They carry their phones in their pockets. And so we're getting the 5G radiation that's radiating into our bodies. So we're getting a deficit uh, within our body with the radiation system. So there's just all kinds of things and issues that we have to deal with, but I guarantee you it's because of deficits in our bodies that we come up with various and fungal diseases. Okay. Okay. I want to mention something, Dr. Carr, uh, on the Arkansas, what uh, we are discussing here, and what I was talking about is the Arkansas Minority Health Commission. Their mission, I'm just going to read, the commission supports the mission through first study issues relating to the delivery of and access to health services in the minority in Arkansas, identifying any gaps in the healthcare service delivery system that mainly affects minority, making recommendations to to relevant agencies that uh, and to the legislature for improving the delivery and access to health services for minorities, and studying and recommending whether adequate services are available to ensure future minority health needs are met. And Dr. Carr. Those are those answers with the commission is charged with. They need uh, honest answers from the minority community. They do. Because, because it addresses what uh, Arthur just said, Dr. just said. See, they they want to know the, the system want to, they, they, talk, they mean they need help. So the state of Arkansas through the Arkansas Minority Health Commission this is what their choices do, and they need these answers, these questions at the black churches, black community, black wherever. They need the way people feel so they can improve, so you can make recommendations to the, the legislature. So your choice is a blessing, which you're uh, right in the middle of helping create, uh, fulfill all this. And your campaign component will be make sure the majority of this will happen it will happen through the help of your black church, your black community, and other black leaders in Arkansas. So another yes. 10 years, a year, once it's put together, if there's any faults in the system, gaps in the system, like in our care and history, you have an opportunity to help fill that up. Yes. What the authors mentioned and other people mentioned about the healthcare system, what are we doing? Here we can document from a, their action from the minority viewpoint. What's needed yes. in the state of Arkansas, yes. and that's yes. and that's going to be your charge. And we'll, you know, I'm just giving you an illustration what this this health commission in Arkansas is asking for. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. That that point that's right to the point. That is the point. That's at the center of how my campaign will move forward with regards to mental health. The people in the communities. The people in the churches, the leaders, the pastors, we will gather that information from them and we'll know what to present legislatively so that some change can occur here in our state and across our mm-hmm. nation. That is exactly that is exactly the kind of empowerment that I believe will make me a more unique candidate 
for the office mm-hmm. and a more unique personality to get the word out. Because I've come okay. to the conclusion, Dr. Hagney, that win or lose, God has me doing this for some reason. And oh. and I see a I see a much, much bigger picture than me arriving at a state house in Little Rock. I see a picture of me arriving in the minds and the hearts and in the will of a group of people who will have a better life because they'll have better information about mental health. So I'm mm-hmm. all in, and I'm looking forward to the end result in how it will impact people in the rural areas across the counties, the 75 counties in the state of Arkansas. That's my, my mm-hmm. greater aim is not what will I achieve by becoming a House of Representatives member, but what mm-hmm. can I do to impact the life and the lives of people right here around me who are having mm-hmm. mental a person went into a church this week in my city. Yeah, a person that's right. went into a church mm-hmm. this week in my city and the police mm-hmm. were called to remove him because he was in a stalking mode. And this happened in my city right here this week. So this mental health issue is cropping up everywhere and it's given us something to talk about and thank God that it's part of my campaign, and again, I'm the only one that's talking about this. I hadn't seen anyone else, any other candidate at any point in time insert this in his or her campaign, and it's a big problem right here in my city. It's a huge problem. They asked me who who you're running against. I told them I didn't know (laughs) and who your opponent, who's in the position right now. Let me say Dr. Carr. I don't know if you know this or not, but right here in Texas, in Houston, Texas, and I don't know if you know Dr. Joel Osteen, but there was a pers- a woman that went inside oh, yes. that church. Yes. Oh, yes. So, yes. Yes. You may, you may yes. have already heard about that yes. within our area. So uh, so men- mental health is a, a, a major thing, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear what you just said because here's what people who run for public office, they if they lose – then they go home and you don't see them anymore. So right. we have to make sure that we put an own community, starting with our own community first, and then spread out. So it's not a time to go away just because you don't get that seat. Come back Absolutely. and run again. But Absolutely. by the same time, disseminate your, what, what your platform is. Continue to disseminate that into your own community. So I appreciate Absolutely. that coming, Nate. Thank Absolutely. you. Anyone else? Ms. Rihanna, we want to hear from you. I don't know if Ms. Rihanna got well, to go take care of the baby or not. Okay, go ahead. Not, not quite, not quite yet. No. He's in it for the long haul, I think. But um, okay, okay. I did want right. to, um, not to go, you know, too far back into things, but I did want to say, I normally try to do this right after I find something like this out. But uh, I recall a few weeks back when um, General Austin was first hospitalized. And uh, we reported on it here. And right. the report that I read on the air that night said that he was uh, in the hospital for elective surgery. And the very mm-hmm. next day we found out that that was absolutely not true. And unfortunately we found out the reason, the real reason that he was there. But I did want to apologize right. because I put that information out there on our air. And, of course, that was being reported so I didn't make yes. it up or anything, <laughs> but I did want to just right. apologize to everybody for putting that information out. Sure. Thank, thank you for that. We always like to recant yes, and re- bring back 
anything that we may have said that was not uh, uh, exactly the way it was. But as you mentioned, it was being reported. So sometimes if we're not in those areas and we're not, so we depend upon our news uh, medias in those areas and our national news medias to bring us information so that we can disseminate it out to the people in our area. So it was not by design. It was just by uh, the fact that it was not uh, the correct information that was put out there. And thank you so much, uh, Ms. Rihanna. Okay. Anybody else? Any other comments in regards to any anything that we have we have talked about? And and, and I and let me just say this, gentlemen. I I still stand by the fact that we have the greatest healthcare system in the world. Uh, I stand by that. But are we a perfect system? No, we're not. Because why? None of us are perfect, and there's no perfection. And that's why. I I have to repeat by saying that we use the word we practice medicine because that's exactly what we're doing is practicing and continuing to learn more and more. And the more research, and and you hear Dr. Hagney talking about research money, the more research that we can do, the smarter we become of how to treat patients uh, for whatever their illnesses may be. Go. Anybody? Dr. Hagney, Dr. Carr, uh, Mr. Arthur, if you have any comments, now's your time. I, I just want to tell Dr. Carr that there are other people who really work with him up there, and I, I'm really excited about what's going to happen in Arkansas because you at the foundation level, which what, what you're putting together there is so significant. The impact is going to be enormous, but I would say just work, make, make, you know, reach out for the youth and, and get, you know, any, any way you can, get the youth involved and get their input. That's right. And also the HPCU up there, because those are future students and everything. But I'll be, be praying that, you know, uh, some youth pastors in your churches, individuals who are youth are responding to may be your resource to find youth. But please uh, we pray about that you get the youth involved, because they are really uh, being affected by the mental issues, the stress in schools. Uh, yeah. I like to see this survey we're working on, trying to identify how we ask the right question uh, to get our youth involved. So any input you can have on that would, would, would really be a value too, because the bottom line is reaching our youth. That they, you know, they are our future. Mm-hmm. So and, and another person's a group that. Dr. Hagney, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Carr, that may be beneficial for you during your campaigning is uh, reminding those uh, principals in your high schools that if you have students that may be already 18 or they're, they're age 17 plus 10 months, which means that they will be able to vote in that November election because by that November, uh, this November, they will already be turning 18. So to reach out to the principals to remind them that it's their it's their task to actually make sure that these students get uh, voter registration uh, applications to become voters uh, during their senior year if they are at that age group. That's an excellent and I, point. I, yes, sir. How many high schools do you have in your city? We have uh, one major high school here in our city with uh, – some, uh, I don't know what do you call them, schools that are not high schools, and we don't call them junior well, high schools private, anymore. Right, but remember yeah, we the, have, pri- we have, the private schools 
And yeah, we have about we have three we have three private schools here in our city, uh, and okay. one uh, high, school. high school. Right, three privates and one high school. And the private schools, of course, are not frequented by people that look like us uh, uh, very much at all. But the major population of African American people will be found at El Dorado High School, which uh, I'm told has a population from uh, the grade level ten to seniors somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,200. So there's a lot of potentiality there based on what you just said. That's an excellent point. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's how we reach and we gotta we gotta get to those schools. And sometimes during Black Heritage Month, like I'm I'm always asked to speak at the high schools, the junior high schools, even the elementary schools. So mm-hmm. uh so there may be an opportunity for that. Uh this is Black History Month and so this will be a great time uh, to be able to be in the schools or just show up uh, at their black history programs. And I'm sure that they have those that are going on at, at this particular time. We, there's, there's activities going on here in Tyler and our city every single day in the mm-hmm. schools. And so mm-hmm. I, attend the, I attend those. And I, I also mentioned that, um, that the, city of, the city of Tyler and Tyler Independent School District, are collab- we're collaborating uh, this year, and we will end it with. And I, I think I sent the um, flyer to uh, to our chat uh, because we we're having uh, last. Okay, like we kicked it off with uh, with the students in the arts, and so they presented the, their art artistic abilities. And then this past Saturday, we had our our, uh, our career. We brought in the colleges and we brought in the um, all the Greek organizations, and that's another group that you should reach out to because I'm sure you have a divine nine uh, in your area and fraternities and sororities. That's a great organization to reach out to. And we have the drum line of, uh, of our arts uh, academy here, and the families and friends and people all came out. There was tables all set up where a registration table and then all of the different organizations have their tables on display. And then this coming Sunday, it will be our faith. And so different uh, denominations and non-denominations will be there at the Berkshire Park and will be in the amphitheater. Hopefully it won't rain uh, because it did rain on this past Saturday, but we were able to move inside to the city of Tyler's visitor center and it was outstanding. And so, and then, then the ending uh, date we will have our arts and we'll bring in the Dallas uh, Dance Academy and uh, put on a big event uh, that night and then we'll end it with this banquet uh, at the um, Willowbrook Country Club and so the ticket money that uh, that will be used for people to come in uh, for that event uh, it's after five o'clock in the evening on Friday event and that funding will go toward the go to the Tyler Independent School District Foundation, and then next year a scholarship will be given in my honor, my name. And then there will be a community service award that will be given in my name for community service that I've provided. So I was humbled by, uh, by the thought process that the Independent School District came up with that idea. So Black History Month is a good time for you to have boots on the ground out there going to some of those black history functions. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, All right. Hey, Go ahead. Hey, hey, I just want to say that, again, like I said, because I've been coming to Tyler. I've been coming to Tyler for a while. Uh, yeah. you know, while you were just telling you, uh, you know, by you being down there, you know, I'm just glad to see you down there, somebody like you down there, because uh, yeah, it was needed. And, 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 and hopefully a lot of the other younger folks down there, uh, you know, you know, they stepping forward and doing what they're supposed to do. Because that's what we're going to have to have, you know, in all these right. places. So, and hey, I'm just glad you're down there. I remember I was down there when you wasn't down there. So I appreciate you being <laughs> down there. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Arthur used to come when I when I was away in the military, uh, serving my 20 years. Uh, Mr. Arthur came in to, um, and he can share this story with you, when Miss Dixon uh, lost her life. Uh, because they entered into the wrong house and, and took the life of a senior citizen who was bedridden, as a matter of fact. So, Mr. Arthur, you can go ahead and tell that NAACP story uh, so people will know, and Dr. Carr probably doesn't know, and, and I don't know if Dr. Hagney would remember it or not. Well, for those that don't know, just, just the history of Tyler, Thurgood Marshall, an defendant of NAACP in the state of Texas, because they wanted to come and get our membership list back in the day. So Tyler and then saw, saw some precedent and law was established because of that case. So Tyler always had a special place. And then so when that situation there came up back in the 90s where they, uh, you know, where they came in and looking, supposed to look for drugs and kill this woman while she in her bed, well, you know, just a sense to everybody, so statewide, so we, so the state, NAACP came down to uh, pull out quarterly conference in the great state of, I mean, in the great city of Tyler. And like I say, they, you know, the, the, they shut the whole city down. I mean, shut downtown down. Wasn't nobody in there. They said the claim was supposed to be down or whatever. But anyway, make a long story short, uh, we marched around Harvey House. Well, well, first of all, the city fathers came out and greeted us. They, you know, they were kind enough to do that uh, and uh, welcomed us to the city, and then they, and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> they left. <laughs> yeah, 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 they left. <laughs> but we did our meeting. Uh, 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 Decker, uh, President Decker, he's NWCD president at the time. Uh, you know, he didn't want us to march around the building, but, you know, we got, you, yeah, we worked that out. So we ran to walk around, you know, we did the walk, and I saw the police on top of the buildings with the gun, with the machine guns and all this. So, oh, man, you know, so anyway, so we so we did the march around the building. And, uh, you know, and then we left. Uh, uh, of course, Mr. Decker, he wasn't too happy at the time. You know, he said, well, he, the reason he didn't want us to do it, he said, he say, you know, you know, y'all going to leave. We still going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. But, but, yeah, but, yeah, but the good news is, didn't that happen to him? Didn't, you know, didn't right. that happen to him? You know, right. just, saying, you have to understand, y'all, is that, you know, you have to stand up. You know, you can't, you know, you can't, be, you know, and I ain't saying that he was afraid. I ain't saying he was afraid. I'm saying that, you know, he knew his town and he knew what was going on. So, you know, and I understood why he felt that way. But, you know, we just got to stand up, you know. So, uh, you know, that's it. So, and now, roll it forward. You know, we came down and did the uh, Get Out Chill TV uh, a program. Kweisman uh, Fume was national president then. We did that for like 10 years. But anyway, we came down to Tyler, uh, to, you know, to that area. Made some great progress, and again, you know, the progress fell back. But now here we are again. Now we got 
We're in a transition period in America. We've got Sherry McKellar on the scene. And so, you know, we see what we see. We got Dr. Hagney on the scene. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I like the the scene. (laughs) That's right. We're trying to make sure that that our people get the health care that they so richly deserve. And, uh, yeah. and, we, and we won't back down and we won't stop fighting for the greater good of all mankind. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's what we fought for. That's Mr. Arthur and myself. We serve the country to serve all people, all mankind. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's what we'll continue to do. Okay. All right. Well, what else do we have on the agenda? What, what time is 9.36? The hour is about to, to – let me just uh, bring this out. And so for anybody that's uh, here in East Texas and Tyler, Texas, that's listening, on tomorrow night we will have, and I will moderate, a candidates forum, and we have people from the top all the way to the local. We have federal candidates coming in, we have state candidates coming in, and then we have our local candidates. So we have people from all over Texas that will be here on tomorrow evening, and that will be at 6 p.m. at the Liberty Baptist Church, and we want to publicly thank Dr. Marcus Hood, who always opens up his building uh, for us to put on uh, a community events. And so um, we have three people that's running for city council, uh, District 2, uh, here in the city. That uh, election will be in May. And then we have uh, three that's running on the constable ticket. That election will be uh, during March when we have our um, primary. Uh, So that will end that particular election. And then we have all of these state uh, representatives that are running on the state level that will be coming in. Uh, and then we have uh, the United States uh, Senate senators uh, that will be coming in. We we didn't get uh, Colin Allred. Uh, he just hasn't thought enough of us here in East Texas uh, to Whoa. come and pay us a visit. We've heard nothing from him. He has uh, not responded. And I'm going to so, be up. We have we have Carl Sherman that's coming, and then we have a couple of others. I'm, I will put that flyer uh, out there, Mr. Arthur, so you have it there. Okay. But that will be tomorrow evening uh, right here in Tyler, Texas. And we have actually three different forums that's going because we want to make sure that the people here in Tyler, Texas, knows exactly who's running on these tickets all across of the state of Texas. And so we want to show the people these are the ones who think enough of you to come down and and tell you why they think they are the best candidates for that position. We appreciate that. I'm going to be on a call tomorrow night with the uh, Colonel This is a strategy campaign call. So I'm going to I'm on the call. I'm going to definitely say, hey, uh, you know, what's up on that? So I can report on that after I but I'm, But I'm going to be on the call tomorrow night with them to see what's going on. Because I looked at the campaign team, and <clears throat> it didn't look like, it didn't look like, well, anyway, I'm going I'm to ask them about that. So, you know, tomorrow night, because I'm, I'm 
Well, I'm not, no, they missing out, missing a few cylinders. So. Well, I tell you like this, Mr. Arthur, I'm not bothered by it, uh, and I think uh, not too many others are, because they see who's showing an interest uh, in them, and um, and so they, they're gonna embrace who comes to Bruno. say. Texas, remember, Shirley, though, we're fighting history because remember, you know, we started this campaign a few years ago uh, to make people educate folks about East Texas and and about so goes East Texas, so goes Texas. You know, so That's uh, my slogan. Mm-hmm. Some of the candidates, some of the candidates still don't know that is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> All of them. Have so we got to educate and, and, them. And that's why it's important. And that's why it's important for the people who are working on the campaigns for these candidates to educate them. Uh, right. Give me Mr. Arthur, Mr. Arthur has been out there on this battlefield for years, and so uh, so he's got to let Colin Arad know if he wants to win a seat across Texas. That he needs to show up in East Texas. Go ahead. Send me the flyers. Send me the flyers so I can so, so I can have so I can send to them. Yeah. So and, and you know, he'll see he, that his he'll see he'll see that his photograph is not on that flyer because he did not respond. Well, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, you gotta learn. You know. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I, I, <laughs> great, great I, 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 rec- I recommend I recommend people to. Uh, publication. They're going to do anything in East Texas. They need to have a copy of it. One of them is the uh, both of them are the UT studies. One I think it's 2016, other 2022, to show the health status of North and East Texas. And if you are doing anything, you need to read that book. If you haven't read that book, you don't really know what's going on healthcare in East Texas. That other book mm-hmm. we get people read uh, is the Plantation Life of East Texas. So I think about the right people reading that one. But I would say any elected official uh, with all the money to approve health care and all that that's flying around spent and all that, they need to read. The, then they'll understand why we're working hard here. And, and they need to understand there's a difference between rural and urban East Texas. And hmm. so I, mean, I was just uh, uh, with mental health. We just we thought if you don't get the same sir, in Dallas, you don't get any taxes, but you get the yes. And so, and that's what we missed a little If you're going to be a little practicing these taxes, you need to understand these taxes. So I would recommend those two books, University of Texas Health Study for, I think, 2016 or 2022. And any person read that book and see the results and see where all the Democrats are located. Then he or she should understand why he or she should represent the area. If he doesn't understand that book, then he shouldn't represent that area. And so, therefore, uh, that is sort of plain and simple. That's what I recommend. When you start with the family group, uh, actually, I'm a copy of those, of those two studies. And you'll understand why East Texas is called, why they call the area of East Texas, in other towns, of course, in East Texas. We call, we call it the Belt. You look at your face and sit up there talking about it. You don't understand why this is called a stroke belt. You don't understand those two reports from the University of Texas and East Texas. And you really 
representing people who sent you there, and also the people mm-hmm. who sent you there need to also. And and how about this, Doctor Doctor Hagman? The the United States senators and the uh, United States Congress people are the ones who make decisions for health care mm-hmm. in this country, so they ought to show up everywhere, right, all across. Yeah. For example, all across well, every uh, state. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the I don't even know if the PSA test that um, Senator Booker has been approved in Washington D.C. That bill is to that PSA would be free. Now, any elected official that's anywhere in Texas should know the status of that bill and know how it relates to black males. So, if you black males, if the numbers we have in dying, if 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 transportation costs is one of the deterrents. To remove that deterrent is tell every black male that PSA test is free. Does that mean every doctor, everybody, right, or every black and Amer- every black above forty should have a PSA test? And then if it's free, then that will help that. But the elected officials need to know the status of that bill. I don't even know where it is. Is it approved where it is? I know Senator Booker was trying to get it through, and long time ago, uh, Bobby up in Illinois tried to get that bill through. So we need to find right. out That's what's Bob, the Bobby, Bobby Rush. That's Bobby Rush. Bobby Rush. But my, my husband does not pay. He does not pay a dime for. Well, he doesn't pay anything for his health care because he's under my health care yeah. and your health care, right? So, exactly. So he doesn't pay for a PSA when he has them done, and mm-hmm. he has them done yearly. Um, but some people don't have the supplement they don't have all of that insurance and so that bill is for for is is trying to be passed for people who don't have uh health insurance but let me also share this there's no reason in this country for anybody not to have health care and I'm going to tell you why we have something mm-hmm. called the the Texas Department of Health and Human Services the health department Smith County Health Department you don't have to pay a dime to use the Smith County Health Department. There's mm-hmm. not, and, and I can tell you, I'm in and out of that department all of the time. There's not one black person that I have seen. Maybe I've seen one or two black people that go in there, but who I see utilizing the health department in Smith County are Hispanics. Yes. You see, that's yes. free. That yes. that health care is free. You don't have mm-hmm. to pay. You all you have to be is a citizen of Smith County in order to use that health care. So there's no reason for any person in this country not to be able to get health care because we have we have that system set in place, and every mm-hmm. every county every county throughout Texas has a health care. A health department. Mm-hmm. Every county. That's true. Go ahead. That's true. That's true. But we don't utilize these. So we don't utilize. We're there. We work. We're working two groups right. now, and basically have mobile medical units. We we are posting up right. twelve health fairs throughout Northeast Texas, from Oklahoma all the way to to uh, Beaumont. One of the groups who partner with us, they have a medical unit that they can bring the whole staff all sorts of testing to your church site in your neighborhood. And then they also have primary care docs. If you don't have a primary care doc, they can refer you to one of their primary care docs. So like as docs, they have a sliding scale 
for their cause because they're fully throw money paid for. But like Doc Man, it's just information and see it through our black yeah. churches and our black communities right. and we have the, right. the, the, the events. We need to pass this that's that's what's gonna happen in mental health. We need to pass the information pass on, on to our neighbors. Yeah. We gotta pay attention so much stuff that's printed and the send the where that's back to the health there. That means the health mm-hmm. community. And the churches, mm-hmm. they have all sorts of pamphlets they can pass out in that church service, all these events. So the money, the the problem is there. We just have to get yeah. there, get our people there. We got to get there. Well, what they're get... doing now, they're coming to you. Now, uh, Dr. Carr, what's happening in Texas, bringing health care to individuals. When you talk about mental health and programs up there, yes, talk sir. about bringing those services to those neighborhoods. Because yes, we build, we could build a big hospital and everything everybody had to come to, but that's the transportation issue. But what's mm-hmm. been working for us is bringing those services to those churches in those mm-hmm. neighborhoods. I wish yes, I could record the comments from individuals when they saw all those, those health care people, all the nurses and doctors, mm-hmm. all these trained people in their neighborhood, which they'd never seen before. Before, yes. And, I mean, they, I they really have never seen before. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was I was just going to, you just reminded me of something, uh, Dr. Hagney, uh, and, and Dr. Carr and Mr. Arthur, Dr. Hagney knows this, we have something called Bethesda Healthcare System, in, in speaking of other healthcare systems that we have here in Tyler, Bethesda is a free service to anyone mm-hmm. in Smith County, again, because the doctors and nurses, they volunteer their service there, so yes. the service is free all the way yes. to if you need to have surgery. That is mm-hmm. free. So our people are not getting out there and finding out, and, and, and that's, that's the other issue. At some point in time, we have to become responsible adults and yep. get out there and find out information for ourselves. <laughs> I know we have to spoon feed some people. But and, and Dr. Hagney mentioned something very important. We 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 should have brochures and stuff in the churches, like we do in our church, to educate people and let them know this is how you. If you need this, this is where you go. If you need that, this is where you right. go. And to show them, if you need to talk to your congressperson, this is his number. Mm-hmm. If you need to talk mm-hmm. to your House of Representatives on the state level, this is his name. Yep. We disseminate all of that information in our church, and I'm talking about my personal church, so that mm-hmm. our people will know where to go and find things. And in our announcements, we put out all health care information, medical information. If it's last week, we all wore red because it's heart month, right? Even though this is love month, uh, Thursday or when tomorrow, whenever is Valentine's Day. We just had our our marriage ministry uh, Valentine's banquet or ball this past Saturday. That's Red Month. They're talking about all these things that go on, but we have to be responsible and say, I need to find out some things for myself and not have to always mm-hmm. be spoon fed. But if we have to spoon feed, then we spoon feed. We'll do it. Let's go ahead. Mm-hmm. But I just want I I just wanted to bring out that Bethesda Clinic that's a totally free clinic. Mm. So the resources are there. We just have to make sure that people know about them. That's true. Yes, sir. 
And I'm sure you have something such as that in your your town as well, uh, Dr. Carr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, our cities do have facilities and programs that address issues, but as we are collectively saying, we're not. It's not happening on a team basis. We're not getting yes. the huddle together and getting out there and making sure that the ball is passed around on an equal basis to every community, to every church, to every leader. So I think, you know, Malcolm X was right. He said we're not outnumbered, we're outorganized. So I think if we can get the organization piece together, I think something can truly will truly happen. I do. I really do. Yes, sir. Well, with the Dr. Hagney, the Dr. Cars, the Mr. Arthur, the Ms. Rihanna's, uh, all working, uh, Pastor Cooper, we're all out there with our boots on the ground making sure that people know uh, just exactly what it is that they need in order to, to be that holistic person that I was talking right. about uh, a little bit early on. And, and and I say this to people all the time when I'm out in the community and, and people are calling me on various issues and things, and I say, there's nothing wrong with sleeping on the couch sometimes. And they say, what do you mean by that, Dr. McKellar? And I said, if you need to go and sit on or lay on the couch or sit in the psychiatrist's chair or the psychologist's chair or the LPC's chair, there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes, as a matter of fact, you may need that every now and then again. So Absolutely. that's helping us to be mentally healthy because you cannot be physically healthy if you're not mentally healthy. You cannot be mentally healthy if you're not right. physically that's so, so correct. true. That's so true. Yes, yes sir. And over so, that. That's it. That's it. Okay, well, we're getting ready to wrap it up, and so we're going to do a round robin, and it's 9.53 on Monday night. This has been a, a heartwarming and a, a feisty show tonight, but we're getting our points out there and uh, making sure that people see and know and understand that 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 we here at Marvelous Monday want to make sure that we get the information out, that we have the microphone, that we can do what we need to do in order to save the people and make sure that they have a healthy and prosperous life. So, yes, we'll start with you, uh, Dr. Carr, and then we'll go to Dr. Hagney, and then we'll, uh, we'll go to Mr. Arthur, and then I'll finalize and we'll bring Ms. Ms. Brianna back in and end us for the evening. Well, Go thank ahead, you. Jim. I'll close uh, with my closing comments will be uh, I've worked very hard uh, on the campaign so far, and as of Friday, my uh, website is up and running, and I'm hoping the person on the team and every person in your circle of influence will Google me, and you'll see that the website is there, uh, the uh, Get Involved piece is there, the Donate piece is there, uh, everything that uh, I think is necessary it's on the Google Internet, and I'm very proud of my daughter because she's put the whole thing together. So uh, I'm going to need some money, <laughs> and I need some people helping out. So Google me and tell y'all's friends with all that money, Dr. Hagen, out there in Texas. Tell those folks to uh, send a donation over to the campaign. We can do it by way of the Internet. It's all on the website. And there's the Simmons Bank of Eldorado, Arkansas, and Pine Bluff. If you have folks in those vicinities, then they can make donations there as well. So it's a, my, my slogan for the campaign is together is the only way. And that's, that's, my, uh, that's my conclusion for tonight. 
Great. We salute your daughter for jumping in and joining in with you. And, and that's what we need. We need these young folks that know how to yes. get, on yes. that, get on that website and build it up and, and get you in that social media. So remember, that's really, really crucial. That social Absolutely. media is really Absolutely. crucial. So it sounds like you got somebody to work it for you. So congratulations uh, on your website. You. We appreciate that. Dr. Hagney? Excellent. I just want I want to thank everybody for your prayers, uh, and also thank you for praying for our healthcare team there at UT Urology Group. So I thank you for all your prayers, and, and uh, I'm a living witness to prayer. <laughs> the prayers work. <laughs> so I just want to thank, <laughs> thank you. My my last my last follow up test. There's no cancer. All gone. All the samples gone. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Negative and everything. So it's all because Amen. of all the prayers. So I just want to thank you for your prayers. Amen. Prayer changes things, right? It changes things. Right, yeah. Very good, Dr. Hagney. You've enlightened us tonight by being back here. We have so missed you. But we wanted you to rest and heal and get the feeling better. And and so uh, we can see that that you've done that. And God is God's grace that, uh, because that's the master physician. That's who the, I mean, our, our, yes. our physicians and our nurse practitioners, all of these people can cut you open and they can mm-hmm. hit you up and take out the bad piece or whatever, but mm-hmm. the healing comes from the yes, almighty God. Yes, okay. yes. Yes. Mr. Arthur, yes. your turn. Yeah, yeah uh, great show tonight. Doc, uh, good having you back. Uh, I want everybody to know that I started my well, I, after I created my media company a couple of years ago, but anyway, I kicked off my first uh, Civil Rights Today Presents uh, show, which was Civil Rights Presents, the Pan-African Connection. That's so what I plan to yeah. do with the show, to educate our community about what's going on on the continent and, and, and in the diaspora as we, as we move forward to this new reality. And so we're going to be able to do some business with each other. So we need to start to educate each other about our cultures and and try to get past the uh, global uh, racism that's been imposed upon us. So I'm looking forward to educating you guys. You can go to my Civil Rights Issues group page, uh, my Dallas Civil Rights Issues group page on uh, Facebook if you want to look at the uh, interview. But thank you, though. Outstanding, and if if every Dr. Carr and uh, and um, Mr. Arthur, if you'll put that in our chat, and I think that mm-hmm. Dr. Carr is not on that particular one, uh, but we have another one that Dr. Dr. Carr is on that okay. you can put his link in again, and then Mr. Arthur, please put yours in so that we'll have yeah. it right at our fingertip, and we can click yeah. and go right. To and make it make no, it think, yeah. Yeah. very well very okay. well yeah. do that do that well listen guys as mr arthur said it's been an amazing show this evening i have certainly enjoyed uh being right back here we only person we missed tonight is uh, pastor cooper and so and we know that there is a monday night call of all the texas um pastors throughout uh, throughout texas that is working on behalf of uh uh, Representative Carl Sherman's campaign. He is also a minister and pastor and elder in his church and, and, the, and the minister of his church. And so they have that at 8 o'clock uh, on Monday night. And, of course, he will be here in Tyler on tomorrow for the, um, for the candidates' forum. 
So uh, for those of you that uh, I think it's, and I'm pretty sure I know that it's going to be on Zoom, and if, in fact, that it is, I'll get that link and put it in our chat so that, and I'll make sure that you get it also, Dr. Carr, so that um, so that you can tune in. Uh, Please and do. Listen Please to do. That. Yes, yes, okay. All right, so it's now 9.59, and we're going to, uh, I think Miss Rihanna can hear us, and so she can come back in and give us our theme song for the evening. Um, the one final thing that I, I want to make mention is that that we know that uh, President Biden has been uh, vindicated from doing any wrongdoing, but uh, the report came back instead of people focusing on, uh, uh, well, the person who wrote the report, instead of him focusing on the fact that he was vindicated and did not do any wrongdoings for handling documents, uh, that he focused on that he's an elderly uh, see now, and, and I'm going to use the word senility because in essence that's what it amounted to, that what he was trying to say and saying about uh, President Biden instead of saying that he was, uh, then he became, instead of him being an attorney, he became a physician or a nurse practitioner uh, who can diagnose or a clinical nurse specialist, which we don't have any more of those. That was, that was what I did long years ago. So in the meantime, uh, I thought that that was uh, that was pretty wrong, but that was playing politics. I think somebody mentioned tonight about playing politics. It was Dr. Hagney or someone, and that's what that was all about, playing politics. So hmm. with that being said, it is now 10.01, and so we'll turn it over to Ms. Rihanna. Thank you, gentlemen, and we'll see you on next Monday. Be safe out there, as Dr. Thank Hagney you all mentioned. Thank you. Have a good evening. Good night. Good, 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 good night. Good night. Good night. Ms. Rihanna, it's all yours. One day when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Oh. To the heavens, no man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, his spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it goes down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day when the glory comes It will be out, it will be out Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure. Oh, no. glory. Glory. Oh.
out for every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing. Our music is the cuts that we bleed through. Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany. Now we right the wrongs in history. No one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be Thank you, and have a great week. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.